your way back to your seats. So thankful for the presence of the Lord that I feel in this place. Appreciate so much your response to the presence of the Lord. You can remain standing as you head back. And uh, appreciate so much the kindness of Pastor Wright and his wife and family and the wonderful fellowship that my wife and I have been privileged to be a part of this week. Uh, I had a great time hanging out at their house today and uh, appreciate the love that I feel from this church and all the leadership that that encompasses. Uh, appreciate Bishop Wright and his wife and uh, all the youth leaders, all the ministers that are represented here tonight. I give honor to all of you. Book of Genesis chapter 25. I'm going to go to the book of Genesis chapter 25. I have wrestled and uh, with this thought all week has just been in my spirit and I've just been wrestling with it in my mind and uh, right before the worship happened tonight before the Lord gave me some direction that he wanted me to speak on this topic. And I pray that it'll be a blessing to you. Book of Genesis chapter 25 and verse 5. Appreciate so much my beautiful wife Louisa and my son. We just had a great time all week. Appreciate the worship, the worship leaders. Excited about what God is doing in this place. Book of Genesis chapter 25 and verse 5, if you have it, say amen. And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac, but unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had. Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived in a hundred, threescore, and fifteen years. When Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered unto his people, and his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite which is before Mamre. The Bible says that his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him. I want to preach on this subject tonight. Overlooked faith. Overlooked faith. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes, lift up your hands. Let's ask the Lord to bless his word. Lord Jesus, I thank you for planning this thought into my spirit for this time, for this message tonight. I pray that you would bless them. 
I pray that you would minister deeply. I pray that you would transform lives. I pray that you would minister in a deep way here tonight. I submit my thoughts to your thoughts. I submit my will to your will. Lord, we've not come to glory in the flesh here tonight, but we've come to be in your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? Amen. Look at the person next to you and ask them, do you have overlooked faith? And tell them that is the most random thing I've ever said. I'm kidding. Totally kidding. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Overlooked faith. Abraham is the person that all of us should desire to imitate. He had literally one word from God to tell him to turn his back on everything that he knew. And he obeyed that word from God. And he turned his back on everything and followed after the Lord. He had invested time, invested energy into the place that he was. But when God spoke to him to turn away from it and to follow him, and he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Abraham was barren. Abraham was fatherless, rather. Sarah was barren. And the Bible says that they had no children, and yet one word of him being 75 years old with a promise that never came to fruition before that time, God speaks to him, if you'll follow me, I'll, I'll give you that promise. I'll give you that destiny. You're going to be a father of many nations. And one word from the Lord caused him to turn his back on everything that he knew and to follow after the Lord, not knowing whither he went, but he was persuaded by a promise. And because he could see and feel the promise, everything that he knew was certain, he turned his back on because his promise felt more certain. He was more convinced over something he hadn't seen than made him forsake everything that he already seen. He was persuaded so much of his promise that his steps aligned with his promise. Everyone shouts over the promise, but not too many people's feet align themselves with it. We rejoice over the promise. I've got a promise, but you don't have the faith enough to allow your steps now to pursue something invisible. I'm called to the ministry, yet you still stand up playing video games with your Bible closed. Uh, what a rough start, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm called to the ministry, but I'm not going to align myself with that call. Because if you felt you were called, your feet would start walking toward it, even though you don't see any current evidence yet. If you believe it, you'll walk toward it. When God called me to 
evangelize and God called me to the ministry. Went through all of this process, all of this hurt and pain. And what kept me in that hurt and pain while I'm watching my friends succeed in basketball. What kept me was my promise was still in my mind. And even though I never preached yet, my study habits started changing. Even though I yet to touch a mic in my hand, my prayer life started increasing. Even though I, nobody even knew I was called, watch this, I already bought myself a passport. Never traveled out of the country. Yet I've got to prepare for my promise, so I got a passport. You're not hearing me yet. Hold on, you never preach it, I know. But I am persuaded uh, over what is before me. And it has changed uh, how I live my life now. <laughs> Applied for a passport, never traveled yet. I'm looking like an idiot, folks. New convert. Been in church nine months buying a passport. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Said, well, you know, when I start preaching and traveling the country, I'm probably going to need a GPS. Went ahead and bought myself a GPS. A hundred dollar GPS. My Lord. But when you persuaded of, of something, it's not a big deal to invest into your promise. Come on, because when you have a promise, I don't have a plan B. I'm putting everything into what God has spoken to me. And I'm not going to back up and no devil in hell is going to make me doubt it. His steps align now. Now he could have stayed in Mesopotamia with a word from God. There's a promise for you. And you think just because you got a promise, it's automatically going to come to pass. Without no human responsibility on your part. He told Archippus, he said, take heed to the ministry that you have received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. That word fulfill it literally means to bring into realization the prophecies that were spoken over you. So many people say, well, I'm not doing nothing because I, I got a prophecy. They prophesied I was going to preach. They prophesied I was going to sing. They, they prophesied and they just think it, it, that's it. I just lay back and let it happen. Come on now. I had a guy tell me that he felt called to the ministry. And, and I said, uh, are you sure? Because you're in a relationship that contradicts the ministry you're called to. He said, it's been prophesied. It's been prophesied. I said, I know, but who you're connected to. will nullify I better chill out now he's saying he's saying 
uh, it's been prophesied, like I'm supposed to be like, oh, well, if it's been prophesied, well, my bad. I said, well, if, if it's been prophesied, that prophecy needs to reach into your current life to where you sever the connection from anything that would stop you from being what God has called you to be. But guess what? He went ahead and married that young lady. And it's been prophesied. He's going to preach. Guess what? I hadn't seen him in church. Working two jobs. Still believe. Come on. Working two jobs. Never come to church. Always show up late when he does show up. And he still believes he's going to. It's been prophesied. But you aren't persuaded of your promise if you're not letting it affect your current situation. Stop. Oh, I better chill out. I, I'm sorry. I love you guys. I mean, I, I'm just trying to help you. Amen. Your steps have to align now. And not, you think it, it was when I got the first call, when someone first called me to preach, you know, I was thankful for it. My pastor was like, man, wow, you got a call. And I was just like this. Yes, sir. He's like, Dude, you, you got a call to go preach. And I was like, yes, sir. Like, like people thought I would be surprised. Like I hadn't prepared myself for years for that to come. I'm not surprised because my promise is pushing my daily steps to align with God. Amen. Moses goes up to the mountain. And he's in the mount for 40 days. And the Bible says that the glory of the Lord was around Moses. He was in the glory for 40 days. And while he's in that glory, God gives him the Ten Commandments. And then he comes down off the mountain. And when he comes down, he sees the children of Israel in sin. And he throws down and breaks the Ten Commandments. Moses was the first person to break the Ten Commandments. He throws it down, breaks the Ten Commandments. After he breaks the Ten Commandments, he, he judges Israel. Then guess what? He goes back to God and prays this prayer. Lord, I beseech you, show me your glory. Moses, you're in my glory for 40 days on the mount. You're getting addicted to glory. So I've got something for you, Moses. There is a place beside me. And there is a rock. And what I want you to do, Moses, is to hew out two tablets like the ones I made the first time that you broke. Because when I give you something myself with no human effort, you don't value it. But when you get your hands involved with what I'm doing, you're not going to break it next time because you've got a responsibility.
And the Bible says that his face, watch this, his face shined. The first time when he got the Ten Commandments, his face didn't shine. Why? Because that was what God did. But when God did something and then he did something, his face shined. Can I tell you, you've got to learn to get involved with what God is doing so your face can shine in your church, in your youth group, in your school, on your job. But we get addicted to glory. Got the glory on Sunday. Got the glory in revival. But never get the hammer in your hand. And start putting your shoulder to the wheel. And working on your destiny. Because that's the way it's going to come. He gets a promise and he gets this promise and he's so persuaded of it. He starts walking into nowhere. <laughs> looking crazy he's walking and he walks into the land of Canaan I'm going somewhere just give me some time I love you guys you guys are awesome He's walking into Canaan and God says, hey, this is your land and Moses says, okay and then he looks her at his land and look what he finds people there sharpening their swords and God says, this is yours. Hold on, there's people, there's hundreds of people in this territory. And you're saying that it's mine. So what, Mo, what, what Abraham did was, watch this. God's saying, this is my promise. But there's people here, I've met resistance as soon as I got a promise. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build an altar there. Because I may not possess it now. But the altar tells me that one day it's going to be mine. So if you've met resistance on the way to your destiny, just build an altar as a landmark that I may not get there now. But I'm building an altar. So he gets this promise, and when he gets this promise, he's walking on the road to his destiny. And because time is taken forever, years have passed, uh, the promise has still not come to fruition. Sarah is still barren. Uh, so Sarah says, why don't you go into my handmaid, Hagar? Uh, and Abraham goes and sleeps with Hagar uh, and has a son named Ishmael. Uh, and he has Ishmael, which was not the promised child. Uh, Ishmael was Abraham making a mistake and because he wanted to go too quickly he tried to fabricate in the flesh he tried to do things his way instead of waiting on God instead of patiently waiting waiting is not passive waiting is aggressive because while I'm waiting I'm praying while I'm waiting I'm fasting while I'm waiting I'm being submitted while I'm waiting I'm submitting to authority while I'm waiting I'm not going 
going to try to be a shooting star. I want to get rooted and grounded. I want to get built up and established. And the same roots that you feel like are holding you down are the same roots that are holding you up. Yeah. Watch this, folks. And so he makes this mistake with Ishmael. And after 13 years, 14 years of Ishmael being alive and him trying to say, that's my promise. But God's like, no, that's not your promise. That is your mistake. Here comes Isaac. God gives him the promise. He still pursues the promise. Watch this, folks. And he exercises faith with Isaac whenever God asks him to put Isaac Isaac on the altar and he puts his promise on the altar uh, Isaac is now maybe a teen he puts his promise on the altar when God tells him to and he says God I'm willing to sacrifice my promise because I know that you can raise him up again and because I know that you can give me another one so he is going to sacrifice his promise and he exercises his faith because he is willing to sacrifice his promise and when he goes to sacrifice his promise he tells them I am the lad go yonder to worship and then after it says they went to worship look what he says he describes what worship is and the bible says that he brought the wood in his hand and he brought isaac and he brought the knife can i tell you worship is not worship unless you have wood in your hand wood that speaks to preparation it speaks to preparing yourself to sacrifice whatever is necessary worship is not worship worship unless you have an object to sacrifice you can't come into church and worship without being willing to lay something down on the altar for god to take away from you and worship is not worship unless you have a knife in your hand where you say i'll kill what i gotta kill i'll take out what i gotta take out i'll rip to shreds what i gotta rip to shreds but i want to be in the will of god and whenever he's about to finally take away that promise that angel says hold your hand no 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 don't do it because no no there's a ram caught in the thicket but he exercised his faith with Isaac by being willing to sacrifice his promise and that is the obvious faith that all of us have heard and all of us have understood but can I tell you in Abraham's story we miss something we miss the overlooked faith of Abraham because Isaac and Ishmael came to bury him he exercised his faith with Isaac Isaac was his promise he exercised faith with Isaac but by being willing to sacrifice his promise but he also exercised faith with Ishmael Ishmael represented his mistake. And God never asked Abraham, watch this, to sacrifice Ishmael. Ishmael was his mistake. God never asked Abraham to sacrifice his mistake. 
If God would ask him, hey, I need you to sacrifice your mistake, Abraham would have been like, burn that thing right now. Come on, somebody. Exercise your faith with Isaac by being willing to sacrifice your promise. But, but you're not going to be able to exercise faith with Ishmael by sacrificing Ishmael. I know you want me to. I know you want to forget it. I know you want to, come on, blow it to smithereens. But I want you to exercise your faith with Ishmael. Watch this. By learning to live with your mistake. I want you to exercise your faith with Ishmael. Not by killing him, but by learning to live with your mistake. And that's the overlooked faith. Where you made a mistake. But you still have the audacity, watch this, to pursue promise. He exercises faith with Ishmael because he learned how to live with his mistake. But he still kept walking in his destiny. And that's that overlooked faith. I know that I made a mistake before, but I don't feel like I'm disqualified from everything that God wants me. I know I don't deserve to be here, but here I am, lifting up my hands. Even though my mistake is alive, I still got a praise on the inside that transcends my mistake. Oh, somebody clap your hands to the Lord right now. Yeah. You may be seated. Can you still worship God and walk towards your destiny while your mistake is still alive in your mind? Every time you come to church, you're reminded of your mistake. Come on, somebody. Every time you lift up your hands, you're reminded of your failures. It's still alive and well. It's still growing. Come on, somebody. Each time you come in the house, of God. I felt it when I came in here tonight. There's been so much condemnation in this place. Some of y'all you haven't worshipped this whole revival because you're reminded of your mistake every day. You're reminded of watching pornography. You're reminded of slipping up in that relationship. You're reminded of not doing the right things and so your mouth has been silent this whole week and so you refuse to give glory to God because your mistake has stolen your worship but if you only understood how to get overlooked faith it says I'm still gonna worship even though I made a mistake I'm still gonna shout even though I'm not disqualified. There's still an anointing for me. There's still a promise for me. There's still a destiny for me. And I'm going to keep walking until I fulfill it. Come on, somebody clap those hands unto the Lord. 
Hilamoshaya. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. He had to learn how to just keep on walking. I know mistake, you're still there, but I'm going to keep on walking. I know everything's telling me that I don't deserve to preach, but I'm going to keep on walking. Everybody's telling me, come on now, that you're too far gone, but I'm going to keep on walking because I have faith enough and my promise is going to overwhelm my mistake. If my miracle is going to outweigh my mistake. But I know that's the faith you don't like to talk about. That's the faith that you don't like to deal with. You like to pretend that your mistake is not there. But I'm preaching to some real folk here tonight that know and know and know and know that you messed up. But it's told in your joy. But you've learned from your mistake. So take your mistake if you got to. Can I tell you, your mistake does not disqualify you from your ministry. And just because your mistake is alive Does not mean your ministry has died You just gotta get some faith in you And say I'm giving God everything I'm shouting Everybody would have told Abraham that you are disqualified from ever having Isaac because you've already had Ishmael and we're writing you off but Abraham just kept on walking he just kept on believing that somehow God was going to get glory out of his mistake everything's telling him you better just sit on down because that miracle is for the perfect person next to you that anointing is for those that never messed up those that never lied those that are greatly used by God the devil tries to tell you are not people just like you come on now the devil tries to tell you it's for those that are perfect those that have the perfect family those that have everything going well well I'm preaching to people now that have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but that does not qualify disqualify you from being everything that God's called you to be so just keep on coming to church you just keep on praying you just keep on worshiping you just keep on fasting I know you don't feel like it but do you have faith to still do it when you don't even feel like it Oh, somebody shout yes. He may be seated. He exercised his faith with Ishmael. We don't like to talk about it. Whenever he learned to live with his mistake. Every time he took a step, he remembered that Ishmael was still alive. The evidence of his mess up. Every time he took a step, the thought came as mine. What am I doing? I don't even deserve this. Here I am lifting up my hands. And even while I'm lifting up my hands, I'm thinking, oh, I messed up so bad. 
If people only knew the mistake that I made, what I watched, what I did, everybody would look at me like a hypocrite. But even though he had those thoughts, he still just. And it takes faith to do that. Because you know what the devil uses? He uses your mistake to tell you, don't even come back to church. And the Bible says that when Abraham was about to die, he gave all that he had to Isaac, his promise. He even gave gifts to the concubine sons. But he didn't give one single thing to Ishmael. He didn't give a gift to his mistake. And the greatest gift that you can give to your mistake is to stop pursuing promise, to ponder on it. The greatest gift you can give to your mistake is to stop pursuing who God's called you to be because he's still alive. Your mistake is alive. Just make sure that your faith is alive. Every day that thing told him, you're disqualified. You don't even fit in here. Huh. Not with what you've done. Not what you've watched. Not with what you've said. It's interesting that the biggest mess up in the Old Testament was Aaron making that golden calf. That was the biggest mess up. We still preach about it. How he made that golden calf for everybody to worship and said, These be thy gods, O Israel. But after he made that huge mistake, God told Moses, Moses, I want you to, to anoint your brother to become a priest. I want you to anoint. I'm looking for somebody to become a high priest. Moses would have suggested anybody but him. But God said, no, I want Aaron. Because he failed in front of everybody. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get Aaron and his sons. And I want you to bring them out before the whole congregation. And give me the anointing oil. Because I'm going to anoint him in front of everybody. So everybody's mouth is closed. Because he has the most privileged ministry over everybody despite his mistake. I'm going to choose somebody to become the high priest. Let it be somebody that's perfect. But God said, I want to use him as a testimony. Everybody's talking about his mess up, but they ain't going to stop talking about him being a high priest. Huh. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Anoint him and I can see somebody saying, does God know what he did? 
He's the only one, watch this, that gets to go into the presence of God once a year. Do the atonement. I can imagine him walking to that brazen altar. That mistake's still alive. Every time he sees gold, everything was gold in that tabernacle. There was a lot of gold there. Each time he saw gold, he was reminded of his mistake. And look, look, he still kept serving. Wash his hand in the brazen laver. I know I'm unworthy, but here I go. He goes into the holy place. He goes to the seven golden candlesticks. He goes to the shoe bread. He goes to the altar of incense. And here he goes. Nobody gets this privilege, but he gets to go into the Shekinah glory of God. He feels unworthy. His mistake is alive in his mind. God's going to kill me for going in there. He remembers what I did, but here he goes. He steps into the presence of God. He sees the glory of God coming down and God honoring his sacrifice even though the mistake is alive in his mind he got to experience the presence of God like nobody ever experienced I wish somebody would clap their hands to the Lord I wish somebody would lift up their voice for a moment hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Ishmael was still alive, but you know what God told him to do? Send him to the desert. Send them to the wilderness. Put your promise on the forefront of your mind. And put your mistake on the back of your mind. And let your steps align with what is before you. Instead of pondering so much on what is behind you. Because if you think about it long enough. You give fuel to that mistake. And you know who Ishmael married? He married an Egyptian. You think about that mistake long enough, it'll lead you back to Egypt. Because your mistake is tied to Egypt. Think about it long enough, you have opportunity to fulfill that mistake again. So stop replaying it in your mind. And start replaying the promise in your mind. The Bible says that Isaac and Ishmael went to bury Abraham. His mistake and his promise came together and said their last words over him. Your mistake and your promise can coexist. One does not disqualify the other. 
You would think, I just want Isaac at my grave. Now, come here, Ishmael. Because Ishmael represented Abraham's humanity. But Isaac represented divinity. Represented promise. And nobody ever just has Isaac over their grave. Ishmael always comes along and says, you know what? I didn't think the guy deserved it. But he still pursued after promise. And what he did with me did not disqualify him. He had overlooked faith. Everyone stand with me. I want you to come to the front. I feel like somebody is being delivered here tonight. That's it. Come to the front. You're not just delivered from something. God is delivering you to something. Come on, that's it. Move in as close as you can. I feel condemnation lifting off of this place. Because some of you haven't shouted, haven't worshipped, haven't responded. Not because you don't want to, but you won't, but your mistake won't allow you to. God is asking the question tonight. Can you still pursue him? Can you still pursue your promise with all of your mess ups, with all of your failures that are still alive in your mind every day? You've got a battle with it. Can you still worship him? You haven't worshiped him yet because your mistake has just, has just been in your mind and you just won't even, you just won't even give your all yet. But God wants to know, wants you to know that he loves you in the middle of your mistake. And you're not disqualified from what he's called you to be. Everyone lift up those hands right now. That's it. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and speak to your promise. Speak to your destiny. Come on, lift up your voice right now. Come on, can you pursue your promise right now? Can you, can you pursue your destiny right now? If you don't know what your promise is, pursue God and God will birth your promise in you here tonight. Come on, can you still lift up your voice even though you made a mistake? Can you, can you still worship even though you made a mistake? Can you, you still rejoice in him even though your mistake is alive? And 
God still has a plan for you. Come on, lift up your voice right now. Come on, come on, come on. Can you still pursue it? Hallelujah. Can you still pursue it? Come on now. Can you still align your feet with your promise? Can you still align your feet with your destiny? Come on now. Lift up your voice right now. I'm not disqualified. I'm not disqualified. I'm not disqualified. I'm going to be everything God's called me to be. I'm going to worship like I've never worshipped before. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to read my Bible. I'm still going to consecrate. Even though I don't feel worthy. Even though I don't feel worthy. Even though I don't feel worthy. I'm going to praise him because he's worthy. I'm going to praise him because he's worthy.
those those that are praying continue praying but for those of you that feel like there's a calling on your life a calling into ministry a calling to do something great for God I want you as best you can I want you to come on this platform as best you can I want you to come on this platform if you feel a calling feel a call into ministry you feel a call to do something for God feel like God's giving you a promise that's it as best you can move in that's it that's it move in hallelujah 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 in a moment we're all going to pray together but I felt the Holy Ghost impress on me in this altar call to admonish you that even just because you're not perfect does it mean you're disqualified to be everything God's called you to be when you answer the call, you have this perfect state of what God's going to do in your life. And as soon as you mess up or stumble or fall short, you feel like it wasn't true. And there's too many young people that have given up on their call, given up on their destiny after a single mistake. I admonish you that no matter your weaknesses, your inadequacies, your insecurities, your mistake, to still pursue. Still pursue. Still go after it. Even if you fail in front of everybody when you try to do ministry, still go after it. Don't let anyone determine your value and don't let your mistake determine your value. Still pursue. Next time I see y'all, maybe there, there may be some mistakes that you've made. There may be some things, that, but don't let it define you. Live a victorious life over it. The Bible says that a just man falls seven times and rises up again. Your value is not determined by your mistake. It's determined by your promise. It's determined by your destiny. You were valuable before he formed you in the belly. I knew you and I ordained you. 
So I want all of us to do in a moment is we're going to stretch our hands forth. Because these people that feel this call, this tug, Satan is going to do whatever he can to make you feel disqualified. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. And even when you do your ministry, you're still, still, you can't, you're scared to function in it fully. You're timid. Because you think you're going to be, God's going to expose you. But I admonish you, whatever it takes, still pursue Still align your footsteps. When Satan fights, when condemnation sets in, still pursue. And I'm telling you, you're going to see God unlock a powerful faith in every one of you. I want you guys to stretch your hands forth to these wonderful people. I want you on this platform to lift up your hands and make a decision that nothing's going to keep me from becoming what God wants me to become. I still pursue as it ministers as best you can, come lay your hands on some of them. Come on, no matter if I ever make a mistake, I still pursue. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice. Come on, I feel something breaking in this place. I feel people getting delivered in this place. I feel people getting set free in this place. I feel destinies being birthed in this place. I feel overcoming power. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is
Oh, 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 oh,